Hello, LA Kings fans, and welcome to episode 64 of the Kings Den, as always, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 64 of the Kings Den. As always, before we get started, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Kings Den THPN. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Cunningham Jordy, of course, your host. Brand new, brand new. Don't forget to follow the Kings Den on Instagram at the Kings Den THPN, the same handle as Twitter. Don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Instagram as well at HockeyPodNet. Hey, and if you want to follow me on Instagram, maybe I'll accept you, maybe I won't. You'll have to. After request to find out, follow me on Instagram at Jordy underscore Cunningham 23. That's Jordy with a Y underscore Cunningham 23. Don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube for all our video footage. Just search the Hockey Podcast Network. And don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Patreon for just $1. Just $1. You can find all our all our exclusive bonus content around the network as well as a brand new episode of after hours i was on it for the first hour last night it was so much fun as you know we do this show after hours every second saturday night we did one last night i'm sure it's on patreon by now if you missed the live stream it was so much fun we it was our first real talk that the network could kind of have after the start of free agency and we talked we talked free agency we talked mlb playoffs a little bit we talked about everything i have a huge comparable that a lot of the guys didn't agree with but my guy richie from the uh, from the Coyotes podcast, absolutely agreed with me. So you're gonna have to check out After Hours for my take there. That there are two big name athletes in sports that are comparable. So definitely check that out as well. And check out all of After Hours. It's, it was such a great conversation. So definitely check that out as well. Okay, episode 64 of the Kingston. We have a lot to talk about. Even though we are in the off season, we have three topics we're gonna discuss. We are gonna start. We are going to start a new segment where we're going to be off the Kings. We're going to be talking about something else because I thought, you know, it's off season. We need something else to talk about, something that we're like a little niche to talk about. Like, of course, my guy, my guy Isha and the state of Hoppy, they talk about beer on their show. Other guys talk about other like the Bolts boys to have the hockey name of the day. I thought, you know, we need a bit of a niche on our show. So, you know, I thought I thought there's a good connection with L.A., to it because it's based in LA so we'll definitely so I have a little bit of a niche topic that we're gonna end the show with it this episode but we'll feel it out I don't know if I'm gonna start the episode with it or end the episode with it but for now first day I'm gonna end the episode with it but we will get to that later on that's gonna be our last topic and I think it's gonna it's gonna get some viewers I think I think it's gonna be very interesting because it definitely is a big niche that a lot of people are interested in despite the fact that it's not really hockey related people are gonna have fun because it is such a big thing that people talk about and check into but before we get into that this is episode 64 we have a lot to talk about the first thing we have to talk about of course rob blake getting it done right away signing quinton byfield to his three-year entry-level contract big thing to do of uh, signs right away again he was second to sign left near signed just a couple days before with the rangers now Byfield signs his contract with the LA Kings. Good to get this done. He's ready to play. He will wear his, his the number that he wore with Sudbury, number 55. He and he did an interview with Tim and Sid this week up here for up here on Sportsnet in Canada. And there was it was a very interesting conversation. Just a 10 minute interview with Tim and Sid. And there was a lot of things that Quinton Byfield said 
And I got to tell you, man, he's a leader. He's ready for this challenge. He is ready to be a part of the LA Kings. He's ready to play with these names. He's excited to play with Kopitar and Doughty and Brown and Carter and Quick. Like, the Kings still have some names. You don't realize. The Kings still have some names. And Quinton Byfield is so excited to be a part of that. He's also very excited that in the comparables, like on when analysts compare players to prospects, a comparable that Byfield always got was, was Anse Kopitar. And now he gets to play with Anse Kopitar. Like that is incredible for such a young kid. And he is super excited about that opportunity to do that. And the other comparable is Kenny Malkin. Like that's, those are two pretty good comparables, but of course, Quinton Byfield, he's compared to Anze Kopitar. He's very excited to be compared to Anze Kopitar. And he's excited for the challenge to play with all these amazing veterans that he's super, super excited to play with. And of course, like, it's a great veteran leadership that he's coming into. It's a great veteran class that he's going to get to work with in Kopitar, Doughty, Brown, Quick. It's He's only going to learn. He's only going to get better. And this is a great, great uh, I've said it all along. You guys, you guys know me. I've said it a bunch. This is a great le- leadership group for young guys to follow and to get to learn from. During the interview with Tim and Sid, he also said, of course, the draft day was one of the best days of his life. He said, he said it was quite different that he didn't get to walk the stage. He didn't get to do anything because, of course, the whole draft was all over Zoom. <laughs> Sid made a comment during the interview that he wishes we never have to do anything like that again. He likes a traditional draft. And, of course, I, I do too. It sucks that none of the players got to walk up on stage and stuff like that. Hey, but they all got to spend it with their family, which was awesome to see. And, uh, yeah, he's just – I feel it's just excited to be a part of the LA Kings. And he said – and he got asked about Tim and said asked him about being the uh, uh, being the highest player ever drafted to be a player of color, beating a Vander Kane and oh the other one escapes me. But there's two players out of both uh, uh, Seth Jones, Vander Kane and Seth Jones were both drafted fourth overall, and now Quinton Byfield has was drafted second overall. Of course, the highest player of color to ever be drafted. And Tim and said asked him about that. And Byfield, I thought he had a great response. He said. A lot of a lot of records can't be broken, but I got this one, and I thought that was a great quote. He said he is proud to hold that, and he said he and he also said he looks forward to breaking a lot of records, but he's very proud to hold this one right now. And he says he definitely wants to be a spokesperson for raising equality in hockey and awareness of that in hockey. And going back to being drafted, Sid on this interview asked him a great question. He said, "Is there?" Do you feel any? Do you have any extra motivation from someone thinking that there is a player drafted ahead of you, for someone thinking, yeah, we're gonna take this guy ahead of you, and by and I thought it was a great question. And Byfield said, yeah, I, absolutely. It's definitely pushed me quite a bit that someone has thought that there is a player better than me. So he's like Byfield, as good as he is, he only wants to get better, and that is what you want from a young kid like that. He is super excited to join the Kings. He only wants to get better. He is motivated that he wasn't taken number one overall. Of course, Alexi Lafreniere was taken to the New York Rangers first overall. And you know, Byfield wants to be that guy. He wants to be taken. He wanted to be taken first overall. He wasn't. And that's gonna that's pushing him more. He says, he said, it's definitely pushing me like I wanted to be first. I know it sucks that someone thinks it, that someone was better than me, but he's excited to join the Kings. And also, we talked about it last week. He's pretty excited that he got 
a shout out from Snoop Dogg and Magic Johnson and Dave Roberts. He thought that was very cool. He couldn't believe it when it first happened originally. And over the course of course of this interview, he got asked about because he's still just a young kid. He got asked about his playing weight, and he thinks he can definitely still add add a bit more weight and be able to keep his speed and agility. He's added, I think it was seven to ten pounds over these last couple months with no hockey, and he's very excited to. He, and he thinks he can keep adding weight and keep his speed and agility. Agility, and you know, Tim had asked him straight up, like, "Hey, do you know what's happening? Do you know what's going on? Have you have any? Do you have any inkling of what's going on with hockey?" And he said, "Byfield said straight up, I know just as much as you guys do." So he doesn't really know what's going on with where he's going to be playing next year and such. But he is hoping to be playing for Team Canada at the World Juniors in December in Edmonton and I definitely think he will be of course the World Juniors they're bubbling in Edmonton the same bubble that hockey was using and I at Rogers place and I really think that Quinton Byfield's going to be there because it sounds like the NHL isn't going to start till January it sounds like maybe around the same time as the World Juniors but Quinton Byfield is going to be there be there for Team Canada and if not he should be he should be there for Team Canada I think he will be there and he, I think he has to be. He's one of the best young players in Canada. He's going to be there. Maybe Lafreniere will be there as well because I think he can still play for the World Juniors. And could you imagine? Imagine that World Juniors team this year. The World Juniors are always so much fun. It's going to be exciting this year. That Team Canada team is going to be fun to watch. But there's your bit of your Quinton Byfield update for <laughs> this episode. Again, he had a great interview with Tim and Sid. Maybe I'll tweet out the link with the episode with it but again he signed his three-year entry-level contract and he's just excited to be joining the kings man and that's what you want he's excited to be drafted as high as he was and he's excited to be a part of the kings and learn from such great guys like kopitar dowdy brown he's just excited to get down to la and be a part of the team and wear the black and silver and gray and he is and he said he, he said he wants to he said he wants to stay with a veteran he doesn't want to live on his own yeah, he doesn't want to buy a condo yet. He wants to stay with a veteran to start and pick their brain. He, I, that's the other thing. That's the other phrase he used, and I love that phrase. He can't wait to pick the brain of the players. He wants to see what everyone has to say, and he wants to learn. He just wants to grow, and that's what you want from a young guy, and I think that's just awesome, awesome, awesome for a young player because, again, he's one of the best young players. He's just added to the Kings incredible, incredible, incredible prospect pool and you know what it's only going to get better it's only going to get better he's only going to get better and there's going to be a lot of learning but he has a great veteran group that he is going to learn from so again that's your Quentin Byfield update that's the first segment kind of of the show now there is a few other couple news and notes around the Kings this week just two First of all, two minor, minor signings, but I like these signings a lot. I like these signings a lot. First of all, Mark Alt. He's a 6'4", 205-pound defenseman. He's he's a journeyman. He was drafted in 2010, I believe it is. He's been the captain of Colorado's AHL team for the last two years. He's He had 13 points, 5 goals, and 8 assists in 55 games last year and, and, was, and led the team with a plus 19. You know... He's been around. He's only played in a few games in his career, but I think it was something like he's played in 10 games in his career or something like that, uh, like 10 NHL games for a couple different games. But you know what? He's 
he's a guy like it's a good depth signing. And I've said I think this defense is going to be much improved, much much improved for the Kings this season. But it's good to have a a guy like that, a guy that's probably going to stay with the rain in Ontario for the majority of the year. But he's just in case, you know, he's a veteran. He can help the young guys in in Ontario. Again, both of these signings are league minimum, two very very small contracts. Speaking of league minimum, how about Joe Thornton signing with the Maple Leafs? What do you think of that, Kings fans? You finally don't have to play him a few times a year, but what do you think of that? It's interesting, but hey, we don't have to deal with him anymore. He's old anyways. And like, do you really think, does he really think he's going to win a cup with the Leafs? He thinks he's going to, but I don't know about that. I don't know if he's going to win a cup with the Leafs or not, because the Leafs will probably get bounced out of the first round again. But I guess we will see what happens there. Speaking of that, actually, maybe we'll we will touch on the rumor that came out this week about alignment for next the possible alignment for next season. We'll get to that in a second. I just want to talk about the other signing quickly. Again, league minimum one year, two way, seven hundred thousand for goaltender Troy Kruznick. I like this deal as well. You need to have a, a goaltender that's there just in case. You already have Quick and, Pe- and Peterson. This. This guy's going to be good in the minors for us. He's going to help us out in the minors. 29-3 and last year for Milwaukee, Nashville's AHL team. 29-3 and with a 2.29 goals against average and a 9.20 save percentage. He was good in Milwaukee last season. I don't think he got any time. I don't remember if he got any time up with Nashville. I don't think he did. But Na- or Nashville let him go. This is a good signing. Another good depth signing. He's going to help Ontario because... Ontario is going to be a lot better this year as well because of how good our prospect pool is because of how good the Kings prospect pool is. But, you know, goalie like that, like, <laughs> I'll take 29-3 and three any day of the week, man. And that's a good good signing for your AHL team. Absolutely, for sure. I I like that. It's a great signing for the Kings. Two great depth signings for Rob Blake. You know, I've said you don't need a big fish. You don't need to go after the big fish. Just small little deals that are going to help the Kings along the way, and these two, uh, these are two small deals that are gonna help the Kings along the way. Just stop gaps, you know. They're just gonna help out. They're probably gonna be on Ontario most of the year, but they're gonna help out this young team and help out the the young guys that maybe don't make it to the NHL this year, but are playing in the in the AHL all season. They're gonna help out help out that for sure. And also, one more Kings note: we want to shout out the LA Kings ringsider part. Porter, Carolyn Bath. First of all, got married last week. Shout out to her. Congrats. That's awesome. Second of all, this is huge. She is a voice in Bia, in the Bia Pro mode in the new NHL 21 video game that just came out this week. She is the first female voice to feature in one of the NHL video games done by EA Sports. So shout out her. That is awesome. Congrats to her. That's amazing. Congrats to, on getting married as well, but that's amazing. The first female voice in an NHL video game. So shout out Carolyn Bath. That's awesome. Good for her. Now, I brought it up quickly for a second there. So let's talk about it quickly. A rumor came out this week by someone in Vegas. I don't remember who exactly. I think it was Vegas's GM. Actually, I don't have it in front of me. I don't remember exactly. But he talked about possible realignment. And I've thought about this for a while. I've kind of heard about this for a while, that there's the talk of a Canadian bubble so that means all seven all seven canadian teams would play each other it sounds like there might be four bubbles a canadian bubble and then the three divisional bubbles in the states first of all i don't mind the idea 
but it's a lot of travel for some teams, especially the Canadian division. But that makes sense. I, I honestly, it's a lot of travel, but the Canadian division makes sense. Trust me. Like Canucks fans complain because the Canucks travel the most out of the year. I know. I live in Vancouver. I know. I hear it. But I can see. I I get I get the Canadian bubble because of the travel and stuff like that and the borders being closed. I get that that's okay. I'm okay with the Canadian bubble. But the other ones, I I get I get the whole the whole proposal that we kind of heard about heard about. I get it because it makes sense. But at the same time, the East Coast is so squished together, so squished together. This the West Conference is still going to be traveling a ton because you have. L.A. Anaheim, uh, L.A. Anaheim. You have Arizona. You have, you, and it's gonna expand to Colorado and such. Like, there's gonna be a ton of travel. Oh, and San Jose, obviously in California. But you have a ton of tra- you, the West is still gonna have way more travel than the East or Central divisions. So if they could find a way to like minimize minimize that, maybe. But again, I think that's gonna be tough. I think the proposal still makes the most sense, even though the uh even though the east has a lot less travel than other divisions also we touched about this we talked a little bit about this on after hours as well so if you want to get more than just my opinion on it go check out after hours on patreon for just one dollar just search the hockey podcast network but if you're going to do the four bubbles then the playoffs have to be different again now are you going to do play-ins like this here or are you gonna do are you, like it's going to be interesting. You have to do. You can't really do East Eastern Conference versus Western Conference. You have to do it a different way. You have to do just maybe top sixteen teams. I think. Hear me out here. This is different, but hear me out on this. Every single team makes the playoffs. Okay, just listen to this. Every single team makes the playoffs. You rank them. You do two sides, so I guess you could do East and West. I think that's how... No, you can't do it because there's 31 teams. When Seattle is in the league, then you can do this. Sorry, it was just a thought. Not going to work. When Seattle's in the league, then you can do this. I was thinking of kind of a March Madness-style bracket where the first round is like single elimination, and then it goes to best of seven or something like that. Then it goes to best of seven when you're down to the final 16, when you get rid of half the teams, just like that. But maybe they can do that when Seattle joins the league. It was just a thought I had, you know, but... Again, we're a year away from Seattle, so who knows? But that was just a thought I had. Could you imagine, though? Could you imagine the chaos of single elimination in hockey? That is insane. I'm glad. I love it in March Madness. It is so much fun in March Madness. I'm honestly glad that they got rid of it in baseball. I don't mind it in baseball, but I kind of like that they got rid of it because in the wild card, the wild card is usually just a one-game playoff but this year they expanded the playoffs they did best out of three wild card games which is honestly a little better but I, I see both sides to it the single game elimination is fun to watch it's like makes it so exciting Every, like playoffs is always exciting but I, I see both sides of the coin but could you imagine a single game elimination in hockey because say say you just say you just say at the end of the season okay we're gonna rank we're gonna split the teams into you can do east west and then rank them one through sixteen. Then you do one verse sixteen, two verse fifteen, et cetera, et cetera. Can you imagine the chaos that would cause? That would be awesome. That would be so cool. Or you could do like say the top four advance or something like like get the automatic pass to the second round or something like that. But that would be insane. Could you imagine that? 
that would be so much goddamn fun. Holy moly, that'd be fun. But we, j just a thought, there's going to be a lot of different talk about what's going to happen in the future with the realignment. We're going to get news soon because they want to start hockey in January, so we will see what happens. But that was a fun discussion that we had on After Hours last night. And you know, last night on After Hours, it's usually Ish and Dylan that run the After Hours. Last night, it was our guy, Tom Franklin, from the Blue Notes podcast. He does great work with the Blue Notes here and with a bunch of stuff here at the Hockey Podcast Network. Oh, hi there. Pleased to meet you. My name is Tom Franklin, one half of the Blue Notes podcast and the Hockey Podcast Network. We've got that 2019 Stanley Cup power too sweet to be sour. We're also your home for the best blues analysis. Yes, it's it's a it's a Bruin, but he, he's he's gonna help the power play, and and that's what people need to understand. And you know they're gonna look at it and say, oh well, Justin Falk was supposed to help the power play as well. Tory Krug is legitimately going to help the power play. Felt like Newport was ready to go into his offseason and use Petrangelo as an example and say, okay, we're gonna play chicken here with with uh, with the COVID cap here. Someone is going to give Petrangelo his money. We also have great guests from here at home. St. Louis Post-Dispatch, St. Louis Blues beat writer Jim Thomas, the organist for the St. Louis Blues, Jeremy Boyer, and around the world. Yo, Blues fans, it's Gerard, the Dutch Blues fan, all the way from the Netherlands. And no other podcast can say they have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent, but we do. Aloha! I'm Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, and this is my Aloha Commentary. Plus, a little self-deprecating humor thrown in there. One of our new Blue Note Selkie-level COVID mask, if I can turn it the right way there so I can properly sell it. I am, I, you know what? I am failing my prices right model audition right here. This is, this is terrible. He has opted for the uh, neck gator uh, version of this, and I'm still failing my prices right off this fuck it um, <laughs> voted the best podcast by our peers in the hockey podcast network follow tom and wags on facebook twitter and instagram at blue notes pod and be sure to subscribe to blue notes wherever you get your podcasts from this is tom franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle shout out the blue notes boys Tom and Wags, they do a great job. So definitely check them out here at the Hockey Podcast Network, along with all of our other great podcasts here at the Hockey Podcast Network. Tom, man, he just has such that that great voice, and he's so good at leading a conversation. He did a great job on leading the After Hours last night. So now, finally, we are going to get final segment of Episode 64 of the Kingston. This is going to be the new segment on the Kingston. We are going to talk about this, whether you like it or not. This is going to be our niche for the next few months here on the Hockey Podcast Network. We are going to talk about this for about five to ten minutes every single episode from now on. Maybe maybe we'll have guests for it. Who knows? Quick, quick opinions to it. But we will, from now on, be recapping The Bachelorette here on the King's Den. The Bachelorette, season 16... Just started. The premiere was last week. We are going to be talking about it here on the Kingston. I thought it was good to talk about, man. You know, it's 
people go nuts for this show. It's usually based in L.A., so I thought it would be a good idea to talk about it here on the King's Den, have it as a, has, as a topic, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. And you know, a lot of people enjoy it, so I thought, why not talk about it? First of all, a lot different this year because they're kind of bubbled. Everyone's kind of bubbled in a hotel. It was very funny at the start of the episode when they had to all travel to this hotel. They had to all quarantine in this in this hotel for two weeks. They had to get tested like every day to make sure that they were all good. It was pretty funny to watch. Claire is the Bachelorette. She's 39, the oldest Bachelorette in show's history. The, the previous one was 32. Uh, she was a runner-up on The Bachelor early in the show. She came second. You got you got to feel bad for someone that comes second on The Bachelor, on one of these shows, Bachelor or Bachelorette. She came second on The Bachelor years ago. She's been on Bachelor in Paradise a couple times, but now she is officially The Bachelorette, the oldest Bachelorette. And, you know, she's, she's 39, and she is coming in, and she's like, you know, I'm not here for bullshit. I'm here to find my husband sort of thing. So it's definitely it's going to be interesting. You can see they're making it. They're trying to make it like the most dramatic. Chris Harrison, he's the GOAT. He's so unbelievable doing, doing this show. Like, he's honestly the star of the show. No, no matter who the Bachelor or Bachelorette is, Chris Harrison is always the star of the show. Like, legit. He is unbelievable. But, uh, again, this it starts with 31 contestants or participants. Seven got eliminated in week one. That's tough if you're going away in week one. That means you didn't get any time with Claire in week one. Of course, episode one was drama filled drama between Yosef and Tyler C over DMs stuff like that it was like honestly a really stupid conversation I thought actually Tyler C was doing the right thing but Claire eliminated Tyler C and kept Yosef like Tyler C thought uh, Yosef was there for the wrong intentions caught him DMing other girls before the show started Tyler didn't like that but Claire said nope I don't trust you Tyler I'm gonna give Yosef the chance so that kind of that was kind of shitty, but you know that it is what it is, sort of thing. Man, my guy, poor AJ. I'm pretty sure it was AJ. He comes up, he says, "All my friends tell me I am the worst at first impressions." So here I'm trying to make a good first impression, and that might have been the worst the worst first impression of all time in the show's history. That was horrible. He got eliminated. He was really, really it was tough, tough to watch, really tough to watch. Uh. There's two two Canadians on the show. One of them Claire really likes because uh, Blake messaged her before the show started to make sure she was doing okay. Actually broke the rules doing that, but Claire thought it was sweet. So good for that. One of them's one of them's name is uh, there's Blake and there's Mike. Blake actually played football. He played for the in the CFL. And then the other part of the show. There's this guy Dale. Claire loves Dale. I thought the show might have ended in one episode. Because. Claire freaking loves Dale after one episode. I thought it was going to end right there. She said right away, I think I just met my future husband. Like, that just can't happen. That's not what the show is about. But we'll see what happens. There's a quick Bachelor recap for you. And also, shout out Jay. That is some commitment coming in a straight jacket and wearing it the whole time. That is some commitment right there. And you know what? I respect it. That is some commitment right there. But, you know, that's a quick Bachelorette. Episode, uh, recap of episode one we're going to talk a lot more about it as the show goes on there was so much happens in episode one i didn't really want to lag on a lot of it i just wanted to get it done quick but we're going to be talking about that in the future here on the king's den just a little bachelorette talk every episode from now 
on. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. We're going to be doing that as the season goes on. This has been episode 64 of the King's Den. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, check out After Hours on Patreon and all of all our other exclusive content for just $1. You can find all our exclusive bonus content on Patreon for just $1. Just search the Hockey Podcast Network. Check out the King's Den on Twitter and Instagram now at the King's Den THPN. Check out Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet. We are going to be posting a lot more on Instagram as well as we already post so much on Twitter. We're going to be posting a lot more on Instagram as well. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CunninghamJordy on Twitter at Jordy underscore, underscore Cunningham23 on Instagram. And don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube for all our exclusive bonus podcasts. Or no, sorry, for all of our video content. And also, don't forget, to fo- don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review The King's Den. And share it with your friends. And don't just do it for The, the King's Den. Do it for all our great podcasts here around the Hockey Podcast Network. This has been episode 64 of The King's Den. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week. We will talk to you next Monday for episode 65.